edition of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast, broadcasting to you live from beautiful and amazing picturesque Crystal Lake Studios in Westchester County, New York. My name is Keith Farrell. I'm joined, as always, by the number one Jet fan in the state of Texas, none other than my colleague and co-host, Michael Lagaris, everybody. Hey, man, what's going on? Mike's coming in hot. Jet fan's coming in hyped up. You know who else we got with us, guys? The greatest tight end in the history of athletics. The greatest tight end in the history of this universe, the big Wookiee, Nicholas Kronk, in the building, coming off a giant W as well. What's up, Nick? What's going on? What's going on, everybody? How you guys doing tonight? All right, Nick, just bringing the enthusiasm right off the bat there, which I love. That's why we got. That's why we have the Wookiee on the show, guys. And you know, the fourth member of the quartet here, the greatest high school football coach in the nation today, my cousin Sammy, Sammy O'Hara. Welcome to the show, Sam. Jeff fans, what's good, everybody? Jet fans feeling good, feeling great right now, sitting at two and two. Patriots went ahead also, guys, took that fat L. So guess what? After four games, for the first time in forever, after a month of football, Pats are in last place. Jets are sitting there at two and two, guys. It's only four games in, but we're in the playoff mix. You know, I don't care what anyone says. Coming off a great game, great play by Zach Wilson in the fourth quarter. We know he's a little shaky the first three quarters there. We're going to run through the whole game. Mike has a great highlight package to run through um, with everyone. A couple things to get to before we do that, man. But I want to hear everybody's thoughts on the game themselves. I didn't get a chance to talk to Sammy. Me and Mike were able to chat right after the game. Huge W. We never win in Pittsburgh. I don't care what the circumstances are. I don't care if Pickett's in, Trubitsky's in. doesn't matter to me. Okay, we never win the game in Pittsburgh. So I'm taking that W, Sammy. They're up 10 nothing. They went down 20 to 10. They fight back, get the W. I want to ask you first, because me and Mike were able to talk a little bit after the game for a second. What do you think about the game, Sammy? And what do you think about the fourth quarter there from Zach Wilson? Um, first of all, obviously super hyped about the game. Uh, I was a little upset when they gave up 20 straight points and we didn't respond at all and kind of worried. Uh, Zach, that first half wasn't great. But that second half, I thought he played awesome football. I mean, he hasn't played in a long time, right? He's been banged up. Uh, so to watch him out there, I think that first half, he was just getting used to the speed and things like that. Um, but what, he, he was 6 of 16 in the first half. I don't know how many yards he had, but he finished. Basically, the second half, he was 12 of 20, right? So, yeah. I mean, and those last two drives to score twice and get two touchdowns, was exactly what you want to see if you're a Jet fan. Yeah, and those last two drives, guys, 10 for 12 for Zach Wilson, those last two drives. Five for five on the final drive, the go-ahead drive there. When it mattered the most, he played the best. Mike, we chatted a little bit about after the game about these type of things. Man, Zach, a little up and down as the game went on. Kind of tried to seem like he forced some passes in there. Has to get that touchdown. On those passes that are within like five yards of the line of scrimmage per se, Mike. But still, when it mattered the most, 
The kid came up big, slung the ball around, had some poise in the pocket, was able to scramble and make things happen. Mike, Jets come away with a W. What do you think about the win? What do you think about Zach Wilson uh, play at the end of the game there? Zach needed that game really badly for his career, just for his confidence. Um, but I thought that he did show some of the same things that he's been dealing with from last season, like the short dump passes. He still was showing uh, his affinity to throw, the, turn the ball over. Um, but I think that his pocket awareness, it's way better than it was last year. Last year, it looked like he didn't even know kind of where to go, even though the offensive line was struggling. Uh, he would just take a sack or whatever. Now he's mad nimble, knows exactly when to step up, you know, mad elusive. I mean, I think the, the Steelers had 22 pressures and they only sacked him once. I mean, Flacco would have been steamrolled by the second half. I mean, the second quarter if, if he had been back there. So I think his pocket awareness is just night and day from Good last point. year. And then the other thing about Zach that I really like to see is that he threw a conviction. I mean, there were some of those plays, and we'll go into the highlights, but the one where he was dancing around in that first half and then the next play threw it on a rope to, to Elijah Moore for about 30 yards. I mean, you could – I mean, that is – not many players can make plays and do that, man. I mean, so – and I and the other part about uh, what I loved about Zach is the confidence. And then the confidence that he was able to communicate to the team and have that team believe that he believes that they can win. You know, this was his first game and he going out there, he shut the morons up like Brady Quinn and others who were just hating. And I, even though the stats may not show the greatest performance, I could not be more pleased with that season debut. Yeah, I mean, struggled a little bit in the first half there, but like Sammy mentioned, and like we mentioned the other day, Zach basically had no preseason when it, when it comes to game reps. You know, what he had the one drive there in, in the first game, then had um, one pass after that. He tried to scramble. He goes out of the game. And I think one thing Mike mentioned is, is really, it's an astute point. I think the same exact game Mike played with Joe Flacco back there, Maybe some of those little touch passes Joe Flacco would have done better on. When it comes to getting out of the pocket and extending plays, Joe Flacco's not doing that. He's not doing that at all. Zach Wilson was able to do that. Some of his some of his movements and some of his scrambles back there did look a little wild, but he's getting the ball out of bounds. He was able to extend plays. Um, as the game went on, like we said, we got to the fourth quarter there, guys. That first drive, Zach hitting people all over the field. Five for seven, big 35-yard pass there on third and seven to Garrett Wilson, guys. Fourth and seven. Slings it to Corey Davis, guys. They're down 20 to 10. It's fourth and seven. If they get stopped right there, the game might be over. That's not what happened, guys. Okay, he finds his favorite target. He finds Corey Davis. We get the ball. First and goal, the one eventually. And what happens? This is one of the things that, um, one of the negatives of the game, Mike, is still some of these mental uh, lapses that we had. First and goal from the one. Michael Carter offsides. Would have been a touchdown. Play after that, McDermott gets an eligible man downfield. Still, this is one of the things we were talking about the other day is when you're down 2010 and you get a few good plays going and then you get back-to-back five-yard penalties. Now it's first and goal from the 11. Talk about changing narratives here with this football team. The new Jets, Zach Wilson putting his stamp down on this team. In the past, that first and 11 becomes a field goal or something horrible happens to us, right? That's not what happened here. We got the ball in the end zone. We we didn't kick ourselves because they made two two penalties. Zach didn't get down on himself. Because the, the, the team had a couple mental mistakes. He buckled down, a pass to Berrios. Boom, touchdown to Corey Davis. Yep. We get the ball back, Mike. Five for five on the next drive, as we know. 
Okay, Zach, and as you said, it was it was a good point, Mike, where even in the first half, some of those passes that weren't great, he's got to work on, don't get me wrong, but just his poise in the pocket and his way it seemed like, at least in that first game, he was going through his progressions, looked night and day from that first game last year in Carolina and the beginning of the season to what we just saw this weekend. We also got to give some props here to another rookie, a couple other rookies, guys, Brees Hall. Yes, 17 sir. carries today, also at six targets. That run at the end, that, that awareness there to get that ball over the line, they went and reviewed. Jets go up 24-10. to 10. Tremendous game by Brees Hall, guys. Jermaine Johnson had a sack in this game, guys. Sauce Gardner out there balling again. Second in the league in passes deflected. You can't get a ball past the kid. Mike, Dude. I think the rookies played tremendously as well. Dude, <laughs> Sauce Gardner. Seven targets, nine yards allowed. One forced incompletion, 39.6 passer rating allowed in this last game. This is a rookie. This is a rookie corner at one of the positions that most rookies struggle. I can't talk. I can't say much more about it. And you know what he said today? He was talking today about having to guard Tyreek Hill and his speed. And he said, I covered guys like Jameson Williams. And I know how to handle guys like that. Or, you know, guys with that type of speed. He wasn't trying to be cocky, like, I know I'm going to bust you up. No, he's like, I know how to handle fast cats like that. So he's going to have his hands full. There ain't no question. Look, they're about to run play up against a track team with the Miami Dolphins. And we'll get into that in a little bit. I'm so proud of him. I'm so proud of JJ. I'm so proud of... Of, 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 of Brees Hall. I'm so proud of Michael Carter, the second. The second and first and rookies, the second year players and rookies are really stepping it up and really the core of this team um, going forward. And I, I couldn't be happier. Yeah. And you know, the the mental mistakes I mentioned a moment ago, guys, one of those, you know, you, you were thinking, and I thought when the game was a three point game there, when it was 20 to 17, I'm thinking of the play at the end of the second half when they throw an interception, but we get a roughing the passer. They get 15 yards. They have a 59-yard field goal attempt, and, of course, Boswell makes it in. The longest kick the longest kick in the history of Pittsburgh Steelers football in Pittsburgh, guys. And in my head, I'm like, wow, these are the type of things that cost us games, those mistakes right there. Those are the things we got to iron out. But they were able to fight back there. I know Conklin, that pass Zach through to him, it had some heat on it, that second interception. But he's got to hold on to that ball. And Conklin has played well, don't get me wrong. When it comes to his statistics, he's played well. He's been productive, Mike. He's getting yards. He's putting up. He's going to put up one of the best seasons the Jets tight ends has had in forever if he goes at this pace. But still, he has a mistake here and there during the games, a fumble, a drop. He had a drop in this game, too, that you just don't see the elite tight ends making. You know, right. you, you see a guy like Conklin, Mike, who we all think has a lot of potential and could be great. But if he wants to be elite, if you want to be in that top level and be considered one of the better tight ends in the league, you can't make these mental mistakes every game. Because it seems like he has one or two of them every game. Then he comes back and makes a great play, guys. Um, For the game, like Mike said, 18 for 36 for Zach, 252 yards. Brees Hall, 17 carries for 66. Seems like Brees Hall now, guys, he's getting the lion's share of these looks down in the backfield. And then when it comes to the target share, him and Carter are both getting about five or six targets as well. Um, we mentioned this morning, Mike, I mentioned you on the season stats here. 38 carries for Carter, 37, excuse me, 37 carries for Carter, and 38 carries for Hall. So pretty even, but 178 yards for Brees Hall and 137 for Michael Carter. Yep, so yep. You're talking about you're talking about a whole entire yard difference in yards per carry between the two. So That's what we thought might happen, guys, was 
Paul would, as the season went on, would maybe ascend, get more carries, kind of work his way into it. That does seem to be what's happening here. On the season, guys, I just want to throw some projections at you. This is a little wild. I'm going to go through this game in a minute because Mike has a tremendous video package just to highlight some of the great moments from this weekend, guys. Guys, if, if these, this team continues at this, this pace, these players we have, Corey Davis would have 1,100 yards. Gary Wilson would have almost 1,100 yards. Conklin and Elijah Moore would have both over 800. Brees Hall would have 500. And Michael Carter would have 400. When you talk about distributing the ball around the field and being an effective team, a hard team to defend, when it comes to target share, guys, listen to this. Corey Davis, 15. Garrett Wilson, 20. Conklin, 21. Moore, 15. Hall, 15. Carter, 15. You're talking about spreading the ball out. And we know Davis has had some big-time receptions, but it really does seem like what we thought and hoped and wished for. I want to ask you, Sammy, before the season, we're all thinking, look at all these guys we have on paper here. Looks like we have all these weapons, man. Looks like we're going to spread the ball out. And we had Joe Flacco in there. And even though he had some decent passing stats, Joe Flacco's not blowing anyone away. But between after four games, Sammy, between Joe Flacco and Zach Wilson, it seems like the Jets are utilizing all these weapons. They're one of the top-ranked offenses in the entire league right now. Eighth in the NFL, fourth in passing. The New York Jets are right now in the NFL, Sammy. And it does seem like we probably have a more diversified attack in the air than we might have had in the past decade. Yeah. So, I mean, and we've talked about it a little bit before, but – by giving yourself multiple different weapons and making yourself multi-dimensional, it's hard for people to know what you're going to do. So it's hard for people to stop you. Um, and and that's I was going to mention that Keith, like let, this past game alone, Zach Wilson targeted six different receivers more than three times, and four different receivers five or more times. Right. So you love to see that. And in total, he targeted eight receiver, eight different guys caught the football last week. Right, so you love to see that as well. You had four different people rush the football. Braxton Berrio, shout out to him who had like a near perfect QB rating. Right, um, <laughs> I think what what the most concerning thing about the Jets, and you, I like to see the stats that I'll let Mike get into about Clemens and Jermaine Johnson. Right, I love those, but I think the offensive line is the biggest concern. You were talking a lot about Zach and his sometimes his rolling out was a little wonky. Yeah, but it's because he was just constantly under pressure. Yeah, and right. I think Mc, uh, McGovern or McDermott and the, they they're the worst linemen I've ever seen. Like who who was it in who went in that center? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, McGovern I'm, is center and McDerm- Lincoln Tomlinson McDermott, is the left guard and Lincoln Tomlinson. McDermott could be the worst NFL lineman I've ever watched play football in my whole wow. life. Yeah, wow. I watched. I was watching the game, and I was just watching him. And he, pro- he must have lost almost every single battle. Every time there was a guy on him, that guy just got right through the line of scrimmage. So I think that's the biggest thing they need to address. Everybody's hurt, you know, and that's terrible. VT uh, is crushing it. So you know, uh, as far as Zach's concerned, I love what you're seeing. Spreading the ball super well, but you yeah. have to fix that offensive line or. It does. It, eventually, it's going to catch up with, to you is what I'm saying. Yeah, you know what, Sammy? And that's one thing we didn't mention is just kind of grading it on a curve here is the fact that something I mentioned in jest last week, which was, hey, guys, what do you think? Would they throw AVT at left tackle? And I was just kidding because I didn't think that was a reality. That actually did happen. So the Jets offensive line right now is in rough shape. We know Max Mitchell went down in this game, too. So when you yeah. grade Zach on that curve, which even without J.J. Watt, that team has a pretty decent pass rush. 
and he was under duress the whole day. He hasn't played a football game since last the first week of last January, right? That's really besides a couple of drives here. Um, I don't know, man. You grade the kid in the curve. I thought he played pretty well. And you're talking about yeah. spreading the ball out. Five catches for Davis, three for Moore, three for Conklin, two for Garrett Wilson, which you want to see that increase, but 41 yards, a big 35-yard catch there in the fourth quarter. Two for Carter, two for Hall, and then we know Zach Wilson also with the reception, guys, and a touchdown, which you don't see very often, oh, which is tremendous. We know that um, Pickett was able to come in, give that team some life there when they brought him in, as they always do. I want to ask you, Wookie, when it comes to Pickett and when it comes to his handicap that he has with the very, very small little hands that he's throwing out there, do you think he'll be able to overcome that in the NFL and be a productive quarterback for the Steelers moving forward? Uh, I mean, I don't see why not. I, if, it, if it hasn't been a hindrance yet, and I know it's a small sample size, um, I don't see why he can't adjust. I, I, I know he's got the double gloves. Looks like, like we said, the old Burger King commercial when the guy yes. couldn't get the Whopper because his hands were too small to hold it. That was, yeah. you know, but any sidebar, he kind of looks like that dude in that commercial. Um, but no, if he can sling it around and and he can make all the throws they ask him to do, then I, I don't think uh, I don't think it'll be a big deal. But if, I mean, I love- if he has trouble, it'll be a bigger road for him to, to pull. I, I, first of all, I love that Wookie gave a serious answer to the little hand question because he gave a straight-faced, serious football answer to that small-ass hand question there. I will say this. When you had to throw the ball downfield at any point, not left or right within two yards of the line or right in front of him, he threw an interception every single time. And I know that one of them was a Hail Mary, um, but that football's pretty big. If you got those little hands, hard to sling it, guys. But 10 for 13 for him on the day, three interceptions for Pickett. Nice little welcome to the NFL. We also have to give a shout-out, guys, to some of these defensive players, the safeties, who have not played well this season so far. Played really good in this game. Two interceptions, we know, for our boy Jorner. One interception for Whitehead. Would have had a second interception if we didn't have um, a penalty there at the end of the game. I thought they played really great. 11 tackles for C.J. Mosley, guys, who right now is on pace for 174 tackles this season. Just so you know, kind of just happening under the radar, Jet fans. Every game, he's going out there and being super productive. We have a lot more to get to with this game, but let's just rip through these highlights first, Mike. You want to hit your highlight package up, Mike? Yeah, man. Let's, well let's, produced, let's, produced. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's rip it up. Let's get into the Pittsburgh. Jets. The Jets will play on the road for a week four matchup against the Steelers. Zach Wilson is poised to start his NFL season in front of the black and gold. After a series of punts, the Steelers would start their second drive with a Mitchell Trubisky interception. This turnover was executed by LaMarcus Joyner. Joyner struggled as of late, but made the play today when he was called on. Jets would go on a seven-play, 16-yard scoring drive highlighted by some of Zach Wilson's athletic abilities, scrambling left out of bounds for nine yards, which would set up Zerline for a 38-yard kick to put the Jets up three to nothing. Steelers were stopped once again, this time Michael Carter on a third and five stop. It's real good to see the third down stops here with the defense. The Jets would go nine plays, 70 yards on the first good drive of the day. Zach Wilson would then be nimble in the pocket, moving around and avoiding the sack. The offensive line was not helping, but Zach was able to prevent a ton of sacks. Yeah. When it comes, yeah, well, I was going to say, man, you got the highlight right there. Two really good passes this drive to Elijah Moore, you see from Zach. As Mike's showing the highlights there, you know, a 20 yard reception to Eli Moore. This might be it right here. I know he also had a 16 yard pass 
to Eli Moore. That, that could be it right there. Is that it? Look at this guy. Look at this synergy we have. We, I, I didn't see this video, guys, before it came on. Tremendous job, Mike, by you. Just wanted to point those out. Two really good passes by Zach. I know his first half wasn't great, but still, it was decent enough, Mike, to get some points. Driving the Jets further and further into Pittsburgh territory, looking to capitalize on another offensive play and win on the day. The Jets would then have Hall, who would be pushed out of bounds after scampering for about nine yards and really placing the Jets set up well for the final score here. Second and goal from the two. What? Philly oh. special. Oh. Zach, first Jets quarterback to score a receiving touchdown. First one. I like the touchdown, Mike. Fantastic gritty, man. I yeah, like the touchdown. Second and goal from the two. It was great, two. but I, he's got to work on that dance, though. Yeah, it was what? the gritty. I thought it was pretty Philly decent, special. but he, you know, Zach. I don't even. I don't even know what that means. Jeff I just know that it was. It's just score horrible. Or a receiving touchdown. He's got to work on that for sure. Man. Uh, absolutely. But look at it. Look how nimble this cat is. Yeah, that's I mean, a sack when Flacco's back there for sure. Oh, all day long, man. Yeah. And the fact that he could get out of it. Steelers incredible. Yeah, true. With their own ten-play drive for a field goal, they would only get a field goal because of Quinnen Williams sack on Mitchell Trubisky for 10 yards. The defense came to play, attacking on every level in the field of play. An ugly series of punts between the teams results with the Jets getting the ball. First, Hall to the right for 16, and then an interception to Sutton on the four. Zach Redman, it was just a great play by the defensive back. Zach needs to clean this up. Mitchell Trubitsy would then throw another interception. Jordan Whitehead would catch it, but guess what? Penalty and Carl lost it. This ended up with a field goal for the Steelers and a six-point shift from the turnovers. Just bad mistakes need to stop. Yeah, that was a killer. Start the second half of three and out on a bad drop from Wilson. Kenny Pickett, the rookie, gets his first start. Kenny Pickett gets picked on his first professional pass. Because of Jordan Whitehead. The Jets' victory, though, would be short-lived as Zach Wilson would give it right back on an interception off of Conklin. Conklin has to catch that ball. I'm sorry. No, that ball, I know Zach had some heat on it, and people I were with were saying, oh, that's not that's not Conklin's fault. That ball was right to him, dude. You know, and yeah. I love this first pass ever by Kenny Pickett. Interception to the Jets. That was a highlight of the day for me. I love that. Because <laughs> you know who I was sitting next to, Michael? I was sitting Ooh. next to Jay Tomasulo. Who drafted a number three in our league, and I had to watch this kid throw three interceptions. Look at this. this pass right, right here, though. Right on it. That's right to him. Right that's to not him. too hard. That's like that's a nice little sidearm pass there. Conklin, you got to hold on to these balls. But still, still, they have a chance here to stop them, but they weren't able to play any defense. Four yards. I think it was four-yard drop to the Steelers and a touchdown. Penny Pickett. Yeah. Zone resulting in another Pickett rushing touchdown. The Steelers up 20-10 to 10 in the fourth quarter. Steelers are going nuts. The fans are going crazy. This is not a good look. The Jets would need to dig deep. With 13 minutes left in the fourth quarter, on the road, Zach Wilson would orchestrate a masterpiece, starting with a laser to Garrett Wilson for 35 yards. Wilson to Wilson already beginning to show out. Zach scrambles for six, avoiding the sack. The offensive line not doing him any favors. His athletic ability cannot be overlooked. This set the Jets up for an important fourth and seven to keep the drive alive. And Zach was money. 
thrown into Corey Davis. Absolutely. You guys, can we talk about how that's three, three plays in a row? Third and seven. Third and 14. Fourth and seven. It's, first of all, the whole game we averaged like one yard on first down. Like, I think one single yard. But he on three straight drives, third and seven, converts it. Third and 14, rushes for seven. Fourth and seven, converts it. Like that, those were huge plays on the your on this on this drive, and now third and goal on the five. I mean, talk about so. I don't care how we played the entire game. He made four throws on that drive that were enough for me to see. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. By the rookie, seven plays, thirty-nine yards, but it would end in a pick. Intercepted by Michael Carter, a huge defensive stop. Down three with three minutes to go. Zach rallied the troops and said, let's get a freaking touchdown. Zach to Corey for 15 yards. Another over the middle of the field, beauty. Zach then would go to Conklin for another eight, moving the New York Jet offense like a boss in money time. After a penalty, the Jets would not be deterred they would be first and 20. Zach would then hit Carter for 11. And then he would come right back and hit Corey over the middle for 17 yards with absolute disregard for Mike Tomlin's defense. This, these plays we are seeing is how a team begins to develop the confidence in a young quarterback. Excellent, excellent execution in the biggest moments of the game on the road this would then set up Brees hall on the goal line he would get a stop right there on the two and then finally get the last play to put them in and the new york jets would then take the lead with just a few minutes left in the game what an amazing comeback for gang green on the road i can't even believe what i just watched orchestrated by Zach Wilson, the quarterback of the New York Jets. This was a money game for this kid. He needed it, the franchise needed it, Robert Sala needed it. It was just so huge for the entire organization. The last play would then end up being a Hail Mary and the Jets would get the final pick and we leave the Steel City two and two after four games. What an unbelievable event. That was amazing. Great job, Michael. The Jets come out of Pittsburgh with a W. Zach Wilson having probably his, uh, maybe a signature game of his whole career here. I mean, that, that Titans win was huge, guys, last year. That was a home game. These games on the road, after these horrors in Pittsburgh, all these years, guys, that was huge. We saw Zach come up big in the clutch. Brees Hall make a huge play there at the end, guys. On the day, 348 total yards for the Jets. Only 297 yards for the Steelers, guys. Uh, the Jets had 98 yards rushing, 119 for the Steelers, 250 yards passing for Zach, only 178 yards for the Steelers, guys. So, um, great game overall. Yeah, we sit at two and two, Michael. We got the Dolphins coming up next week, but we sit at two and two. We know the Patriots took an L last week. Um, I forgot the name of the jabroni they put in, who I've never heard of in my life, but he managed to play pretty decent once Hoyer went out. But um, not good enough to win the game, thankfully. Green Bay was able to come back and take that W. NFL has been wild this year, guys. Uh, for many reasons, we're going to get into this Dolphin game. But before we get into the actual game itself, we know Tua is not playing. 
Um, I haven't asked any guys about this yet when it comes to what happened with Tua. We saw the previous weekend Tua went out of the game. He looked wobbled and everything you could think of when it comes to visually, aesthetically at least, looking like you have a concussion symptoms. He looked like it. I'm not a doctor. They said it was his back. They put him in on Thursday. He doesn't even really get hit. He just kind of gets twirled around at a fast pace. Boom. He's, he's you know, you saw his hands kind of tense up there. Um, a lot of people had a lot of memes, a lot of jokes, but luckily he's okay. I want to ask you, I'll ask you first, Wook, when it comes to the Dolphins, the coach, the medical staff, there's an investigation. This is becoming kind of a disaster for the team itself. Were you surprised he was out there on Thursday night? I, I would I would say so. I mean, I guess a sliver of, of, of my mind could say when he got up off that play, his back hurt so bad he just dropped, but I'm not being real with myself. That looked like, you know, something just disconnected and he fell and for him to be back and cleared that quick i don't it's just it's just a little a little suspect to me that yeah. that was pushed like that and then he's back on the field and then that you're right all the memes come out with how his fingers were i'm like now he has to think about i mean his life yeah and not so much just football moving forward and sure. wondering if it could all could have been avoided if they if they didn't get him back out there yeah, and what they're learning, you know, it's still a, lot, a mystery, a lot of these head injuries and CT and these things, guys. But one thing they do know is if you have a couple of these type of events very close together, that is bad for your brain for the rest of your life. Like, for instance, if someone had a tight hamstring, a doctor would say, okay, you need three or four weeks to kind of let it heal up before you can play. When it comes to your brain, we don't look at it the same way, but you also have to let your brain heal. The same way other injuries heal. But until recently, we haven't looked at it that way. Um, I know, you, Sammy, I mean, you're in you're in the coaching game. You coach these kids. You've seen some big-time injuries. I know last year you had some. This year you had some also. When it comes to concussions, concussion protocol, what we saw happen the previous Sunday, then when we saw happen Thursday, where do you weigh in with all this? Um, I've had a ton of concussions um, more this year, unfortunately, than I've been blessed with in the past. Um, and I, you don't mess around with them. Um, especially for me coaching high school kids, but in general, that was a short turnaround either way. Cause it was Sunday to Thursday. They played a short week that week. So there's no way he's fine, especially with the hit he took. I don't know why you chanted, especially it's your franchise guy moving forward. You have Hill and Waddle for some time. It's not like this team is kind of disappearing on you. McDaniels is a new coach, right? So everything's like new. So, I don't know why you risk it and throw them out there early in this this early in the season. What would yeah. you really have to prove or win this early? Like you're you're already two and zero. Oh. If you drop a couple games, you drop a couple games. You hope that sure. that's why you signed Bridgewater anyway, right? You hope that he's competent enough with Waddle and Hill to run the offense well enough to win a game, steal a game here or there. Um, but in like it just. Visually, when you watch him, it has every single possible sign this guy's concussed. Yeah. We know that it's a, mil- a hundred times worse if you're concussed and then get hit again. And and to play this violent sport at such speeds and and to do it and throw this guy out there with a concussion seems silly to me. And I, I got to be honest, it's not good for the sport of football and for parents who are hesitant about their kids playing. Like, I get it. You watch it and you're like, oh, like, look at these guys they're they don't care they're just putting this guy two out there to play um and also a part of it is probably you know two is probably walking around i'm fine coach like i feel good even though he's not because he's also a competitor and wants to play 
So yeah, yeah, there's some ownership be, that has to be taken into account as well. You know, yeah, there's certainly ownership there for to a degree. The player needs to be honest, but I think in a lot of these cases, the teams need to protect the player because the player is always going to want to play. Um, I know. I mean, there's nothing, 100%. nothing, nothing could have ever stopped the Wookiee from getting on that field up in Maris, guys. Well, actually, well, you could have rolled the Wookiee out there. Actually, Keith, you know what this reminded me of? Uh, I was listening to Rich Samini and he brought up a game. Remember when Quebec got blasted and then they just brought him right back in the game? Yeah. I forgot yeah. who it was. We'll look at that. But I know you remember that moment. All Jeff. Yeah, that was a different time. Yeah, son, I know what you mean. Son, that's what I'm saying. That's what this reminded me of. Yeah, Mike, what do you think? I mean, Mike, the, the doctor, you know, you know, McDaniel came out, Mike, after and was super defensive. Dolphins did nothing wrong. The doctor cleared him. You guys are crazy. He had a back injury, yada, 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 yada. Right, Mike? They fired the doctor, though. So your entire statement now, you look like a moron as a coach. Personally, that's how I look at it, at least. NFLPA, Mike, we know is fired up about this. Where are you, Wayne? I, I didn't talk to you about this during the week at all when it comes to Tua. A lot of jokes about Tua we've had, Mike. I know you don't want to see him injured, though. What no, do you think about the concussion? hell no. I was so, I mean, that, when I saw his fingers looking all, I mean, man, looked like the Emperor from the, from the Star Wars. I was not, it was not good, man. I mean, for real, honestly. He was looking man. like Booger McFarlane. I have never, look, yeah. I am not Booger that's, that's a good point, Whoopi. That's a good point, Whoopi. <laughs> um, but on a serious note, okay, People want to rip the Jets all the time about our disgusting franchise. When you got franchises high, uh, giving $200 million to people who have committed ha uh, harassment against other humans. When you, got, when you got franchises that are cheating and have their owners, you know, going off into different shops illegally. Okay. And then you got franchises like this that violate terms trying to go behind the franchise quarterbacks back to try to get Tom Brady oh, firing the head coach. I mean, and then this like, yo, suspect. And then you got the Hill people. So, you know, and people are looking at us like, yo, the Jets have never done anything, you know, like that. And again, it's an organization. I'm, it's not I'm not part of that organization. I'm just a big fan. But the Dolphins, to me, they knew. They took. They labeled it as a back and ankle injury. Get out of my face! Stop lying. And now you got. Now you're in, in hot water. And you know what? You got two glove Teddy Bridgewater coming to the New York Jets on Sunday, and he's going to get his ass kicked. But we'll get into that here in a second. Yeah, I mean, uh, Jet Teddy Bridgewater coming back in. I think something Sammy said before is a good point. Like, if you, it's, it's only three games into the season. And Tua has been playing pretty well. So if you have a Teddy Bridgewater and you're playing a game on a short, you know, a short schedule there, you're playing on a Thursday after a Sunday where you can say it's a back injury all you want. We all saw how he looked getting off the field. He was stumbling off the field. A back injury, you're on the floor, you're getting carted off the field. You're not walking off wobbled all over the place. It doesn't really make a lot of sense. But you kind of had a, a situation there where it seemed like a no-brainer just to sit the dude, let him chill for a week you get then you get that rest from the sunday to the following Sunday. you get about 14 days rest there um that seemed like it would have been prudent not what they did though um everyone in the world seems like they're putting the dolphins on blast dolphins try to pass the buck immediately fire the trainer fire the doctor it's his fault as if the dolphins didn't pressure this guy or you know put any pressure on the guy at all which Keith, um yeah what's up i so i've had a doctor tell me that a kid who just i like so you can't when you're coaching and you're on the sideline it's hard to see the other side of the field but when it's 
close to you, you could see some of the hits. I saw a kid get lit up. And the doctor afterwards told me that kid was fine. And I was like, no shot. And I just sat him because I was like, that's, you're not right. You know? So the coach too, like he's going to be defensive because he probably knows that he shouldn't have played him. And yeah. it does ultimately stop with him being deciding who's playing and who's not. Yeah. And it looks like this weekend, there's not going to be two is not going to be out there this weekend. Obviously he's going to be chilling. Um, I think he is, they said it's undetermined when he'll be back. I think he might be back this year and I wouldn't be surprised if he comes back and plays, but unfortunately with these head injuries, the damage that might've been done to him over that five day span guys, that might not manifest neurologically in a way that affects his life for 15, 20 years from now. We know guys, what happens. He with may not players. play guys. I'll be real with you. Okay. He may not play again. Or I'm, Mike, being, I'm my, being real. So Mike, this is what I'm saying is when it comes to these traumatic brain injuries, when it comes to people in the military um, or any, any walk of life, one thing they learned is he could be done now forever. Yep. Or he might have no issue, but in 15 years, he doesn't know where he parked his car when he comes out of the mall and he's walking around in circles for five hours. Like we've seen these horror stories. McNair. And it's why it seems like such a no brainer to let somebody chill, get their head right. You know, like I said before, your brain needs to rest after an injury, just like everything else. We don't look at it that way, but it's just like your hamstring. It's just like having a sore muscle or something. You have to let it rest and heal. You can't rush it back. Um, I don't know, and it seems like kind of a worst case scenario there for the Dolphins, but coming into this weekend, Teddy Bridgewater comes back to MetLife Stadium here. We're going to be facing a little bit of a different Dolphin team than they have with Tua, but to be honest, um, is, and this might sound crazy because Tua started off great, is Tua just light years ahead of Teddy Bridgewater? Probably to me, not. He's probably not. Teddy Bridgewater is pretty accurate quarterback, if you look. And what Tua has done this year is throw a lot of passes right around the line of scrimmage and let his playmakers make plays for him. That's what I'm saying. I mean, you know? yo, maybe I'm going to be out on a limb here, but I think Teddy's more dangerous than Tua. People can be like, oh. actually, if you look at his numbers, there was only one quarter where he was full beast mode in that six touchdown quarter, uh, uh, six touchdown game, and that was he was they were way behind and they were playing prevent defense. The 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 Ravens were, and they don't have a good secondary, and he got his path his stats padded, you know. But against the Patriots, was two a great? No. But look at the stats. Uh, the other game, he, like Keith said, he just dunks it, and then the guys run for a ton of yards. So I'll be real with you, like Teddy Bridgewater to me has a stronger arm than Tua, and that to me is the dangerous part about this game. Now our our cornerbacks, both DJ Reed and Sauce Gardner, right now rank top ten as cornerbacks in completion percentage. Reed is forty four point four percent at number four in the league. Our boy Gardner, 47.4, number 10 in the league. That's our cornerbacks. So actually, when you look at the Miami Dolphins' strengths and our strengths from a defensive perspective, offensive weapon perspective, our top units cancel one another out. It's our weakness in the middle that scares me. Because yeah. as you saw, Fryermuth eat us up. Tyler Boyd ate us up, right? Because... I heard what you said about CJ Mosley, but being real with you, CJ looks a little, you know, a little behind. He is making some tackles and stuff, but, you know, him and then those safeties were really hurting. Now, I know that they're now playing more too high safety looks than they did last year, about 11% more, according to Rich Samini. I was going to ask, um, 
I was going to ask Sammy if he could explain to us the league is going to more of a two high safety look. And the safeties did play Whitehead and Joyner played the games of their lives last week. Do you think that Robert Sala and this defense should continue with this two high safety look like the rest of the league? And what can you explain to our fans like what that kind of means for the defense? So it depends like what they're doing underneath the two high. Um, I would assume that because they have Reed and Sauce, they're probably running some sort of man, which is what you want to do. Because essentially, so Robber is, everybody's in man coverage and there's a free safety who's just running around watching the quarterback looking to pick the ball up. If you're in too high, basically what you could do is you could man up or you can do like an underneath zone coverage. And then those two guys are basically robbers. So no one gets behind them as their primary function, but all they're doing is they're watching the quarterback and they're flowing with him. And they just basically split the field in half and they're playing free. So they get to run around and either they find alleys. So when you're playing safety, the way that the offense and defense is, as you block, whether it's zone or power, there's natural alleys that the offense makes for the running back. But those alleys are also made on the flip side defensively for the free safety. So on the flip side, the running back gets this hole, but the free safety over here also has that hole. So in like a perfect world, they meet in the middle and your defensive guy makes the play. In a perfect world for an offensive guy, you make the play and it's a touchdown, right? Because every play you design, you score on. Uh, That's why they always say chalkboard like never gets you anywhere because every play is a touchdown. Uh, But the two high basically just allows – two guys to kind of roam around and Whitehead's really good in the run. So you want him to have that freedom, you know, um, yeah. I don't Joyner hasn't really shown me much in either. I mean, he was better in coverage obviously this week, but we know Whitehead is primarily better. He's better in as a run player than he is in the past. So that frees him up a little bit to do a little bit more of both. Awesome. Yeah, guys, and coming into this game, I think before last weekend when Tua went down, people were saying, wow, man, the the Dolphins beat the Ravens, which was a bizarre game. Like Mike said, they were getting blown out. Ravens kind of sat back, let them get back into it. Kudos to them for that game. One of the bizarre aspects of the win versus the Bills is that the Buffalo Bills in that game had 497 yards of offense. The Dolphins had 200. And they managed to win the game. I mean, the Bills fumbled the ball four times in the game. They missed a field goal. The Bills basically did everything humanly possible to lose that game and still could have won the game at the end. Kudos to Miami for winning it. But when you look at the stats in that game, they got dominated everywhere. Just the Bills had some mental mistakes, couldn't close that one out. The game versus Buffalo, uh, the game versus Baltimore was a tremendous win. The first game of the year versus New England. New England's not that good this year. Mac Jones wasn't that good. Okay, guys, they're coming into this game, Miami guys, with the 29th ranked defense in the NFL. There you go. Oh, I'm glad he went there. 29th ranked defense in the NFL. And guys, when it comes to the passing game, which we have managed to somehow carve a niche out this year, we're fourth best in the league so far. Dolphins are 31st in the league. I'm loading up. Loading up 31st <laughs> in the league, guys. So um, if you're a fantasy football player out there, there's a chance some Jets are going to eat in this game. Oh, um, and 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 Keith, what are you worried about? Um, so the offensive line we know is a problem. Mm. AVT stepped in at left tackle, phenomenal. Z- no, zero sacks, right? We're probably going to keep him there. We're probably—I don't know what they're going to do on the right side. Are you afraid of 
the defensive line of the Miami Dolphins. Um, they're probably just as good as the Steelers, maybe better. Um, with our offensive line, are you are you a little worried about that? Because that's the only place to me that I'm a little bit like, because of the offensive line. Yeah, you know, because of how damaged the offensive line is right now, the fact that as we're doing this podcast, there's no way to say for certain we even know who's playing right tackle, Mike, because we don't. You know, we'll find out in the next couple of days, I'm sure. Uh, this is a Wednesday night, so uh, by the by game time, we'll have a, like a better idea what's going to go on there. But, um, yeah, I'd be worried about it. I know the Dolphins have not necessarily been able to get to the quarterback the best this year so far on paper. But don't forget, guys, one of those games was against Josh Allen, not an easy guy to sack. One of those games was against Lamar Jackson, not an easy guy to sack also. So I wouldn't look at their lack of sack totals as a reason to think their pass rush isn't good. They have a lot of good guys in that defensive line. And we have a lot of injuries on our defensive line. But like Mike said, that's the same exact scenario Zach just went through last week. And he went through that game last week without having played a game since Tampa Bay game the previous year. You know, so um, I don't know. I I think their defensive line, Mike, is pretty good. Probably underrated. Hasn't performed that well so far. But when you look at the stats against the Dolphins, their defense is not great. They're giving up 22 points a game. You can throw the ball all day on them. And they've gone against Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen. That's not easy. That's not too easy. Two good guys to defend. Don't get me wrong, but you look at some of the weapons we have. I think it's going to be a good day for Zach Wilson. I think Jets' offense is going to be able to score points. We know Tyreek Hill, guys, 477 yards through four games. He's beasting. Jalen Waddle, 381 yards. Let me tell you guys something. Let me tell you guys a little something here, guys. 43 targets for Tyreek Hill. 35 targets for Jalen Waddle. After those two dudes... Sherfield and Gesicki both have 11 targets. So besides those two guys, their number three and number four weapons are getting two or three targets a game. A game. So when we said those are their two guys and they dump it off and let them make plays, that's literally what we're talking about, guys. You're talking about 80 targets between two guys, and they're taking up probably 85% of the target share. And then you go to the Jets, and we have Sauce, and we have DJ Reed. And Michael Carter III last week played pretty good in the slot, had an interception, guys. I'm not saying Sauce is going to go out there or DJ Reed is going to shut down Tyreek Hill, one of the toughest covers in the whole league. But I think they they match up well. I think we match up well against what this team's going to try to do. Teddy Bridgewater out there. Um, I know Teddy Bridgewater's not a world beater, but he's pretty accurate. Actually, if you look it up, Mike, the fifth most accurate quarterback in the history of the NFL, Teddy Bridgewater. Probably surprised a lot of people, but 66% in his career so he's pretty accurate but one of the reasons he's pretty accurate if you remember back when he was on the vikings when he was on the jets his little couple cup of coffee there with the saints mike he also doesn't throw the ball very long and he can throw a better long i think than two i agree with mike on that but he keeps the ball around the line of scrimmage so he's a good quarterback for the dolphin to try to do i don't really think the dolphins take a big step back with bridgewater back there however i think it's a jet w this weekend let me tell everybody also <laughs> last week when we picked the game by Sunday, by kickoff, Mike knows and Sammy knows. I thought the Jets were going to win. When we did the show, I couldn't commit because we can't have all four of us pick the Jets because every time we do it, they lose. So for the, I want to tell all the listeners, for the sake of the team, I decided to be wrong on purpose last week when I picked the Steelers to win. I didn't really think that. I didn't really believe it, guys. But I couldn't I couldn't go 4-0 four, four versus the Jets because every time we do that, guys. Guys. What do you think this week, though, Mike? Jets, Dolphins, no Tua, Bridgewater coming into the house. Dolphins defense is decent. They beat us how many times in a row? I forget now. I think it's at least six or seven times in a row, guys. What do you think, Mike, this weekend? Two years 
no division wins. Two. We're 0-2 at home. Okay. We're done. Like the Jets are they're done with this narrative. This is enough. And I absolutely get like we are going to win this game. We're going to win this game not because Zach's going to eat, I think, all the things you said, but they're going to make sure they win this game. And it has a lot to do with what Robert Sala has been telling, talking to them about. It has a lot to do with the whole culture thing. They've never been able to, they haven't never won back-to-back games under Robert Sala before. This is a turning of the page win. If they really are the team that we think they are, this is one of those games that you got to win. I, I definitely believe they're going to because, again, I think that they match up really well with this team. Uh, I know Tyree Kill and uh, Waddle are a problem, but we got really good cornerbacks. Yeah. We got really good cornerbacks, you know? So I'm kind of like, go ahead, bring them out. <laughs> if, you, if that's 80% of your offense runs through those two, well, we have two people ready to go ahead and defend them and you're gonna have to beat us elsewhere and honestly that team the dolphins i just think with the tua thing it just sounds screams w to me three and two that's what i'm thinking yeah you know what's strange guys when you look at the nfl defensive statistics the jets are only giving up 326 yards a game which ranks their defense 10th in the league doesn't feel like that uh but because they're giving points up and they've had some of these drives here because of turnovers. I've been very short drives, for instance, last week, picking out a four-yard drive for a touchdown. Defense maybe isn't playing as bad as we think. They might be a little better than we think. All right? And I do like what Mike said. I think we do have some matchups here when it comes to that cornerback spot. I'm not saying they're shutting anyone down, but some good matchups there for us guys. I think Mostert is decent. I remember with the 49ers, the for last time he played them, he the first carry he had of the game, he went 70 yards for touchdown. Mostert on the Jets. So he's not a guy we've done good with in the past, but he's not amazing. Their run game's not amazing. Um, I like a lot of these these matchups on paper. What do you think, Sammy? Jets, Dolphins? We, go ahead, Mike. One other thing. Do you remember when we were doing the Beast of the East series and we were going over the offensive line and there was that jabron cat in their left guard? Remember, he was super jabron. He was like 28 yeah. PFF cat. And he started off this year the same way. He matches. He lines up with Quinnen. <laughs> I just want to mention that. A mismatch right away. What do you think, Sammy? Dolphins, Jets will be there this weekend. Are you going to see the first Jet W at home this season versus the Dolphins? Yeah, I mean, of course we are. I think Jet Nation's going to be hyped at the stadium, seeing Zach Wilson back. I said it to you last week. I was like, when Zach's back, this is going to feel different, you know, as we were walking in. And I think it will. I think you'll feel it um, on Sunday. Um I think from the Jets, you'll see a lot of designed, hopefully at least, you'll see a lot of designed plays where Wilson's out of the pocket throwing and like in some sort of rolling out um, just to get him out of that because it might be a disaster. Um, But I think the Jets come out of this with a W. I think defense plays really well. um, And I think we feed Brees Hall, keep feeding the man the ball. I keep saying 25 carries. We got 17. I want to see 25 carries, and it's a Jet W. Yeah, 25 carries might necessitate no carries for Michael Carter. So that could happen one day, but I, right now I kind of like a little bit of a one-two punch there. What are you thinking, Wookie, this weekend? You've had a tremendous record this year so far picking these Jet games. How do you feel it's going to shake out this, this weekend? You know, I would typically 
go and be just the um, the guy to crap on the parade here and to not do the four and zero, so to jinx them. But because of everything that was mentioned, I mean, and that and the secondary, you know what they're going to try to do, and you've got the corners that can that can take care of it. You just can't let the, those love those other twenty two or whatever target shares beat you this week because you guys are extreme. You're on a roll. The stadium's going to be ridiculously nuts, and I think. I don't know if Bridgewater can move around well in the pocket enough where if you guys get pressure that he's not going to be affected, even thrown short. And you've got the guys that are going to be playing. I'm sure you guys, the, the corners will be up if you're playing the too high. Um, and at least it's going to make it a problem for those receivers all day. I got the Jets winning this one too. I like it, Wookie. You know, we're going to have to just throw caution to the wind here, guys. We're changing narratives on the field for the New York Jets, hopefully moving forward. We're going to change narratives on the show because I got to pick the Jets to win as well. I'm feeling good coming off last week. I think Zach played well in spite of a lot of issues there with the offensive line. I'm worried about how the line will look this week. I know the Dolphins have a win versus the Bills. They have a win versus the Ravens, guys. Don't get me wrong, but we haven't had a division win, like Mike said, in a couple of years, right? We haven't beat this goddamn Dolphins team, it seems like, in forever. And coming off last week, it seems like we got a little momentum building here. You know, we were hyped about, and this is one of the good things, guys, I wanted to say to Mike and to the boys here on the show is if you go through this draft this year and you say, okay, they drafted Sauce, he's balling right now. They drafted Gary Wilson, he's killing it right now. Right, guys? Jermaine Johnson just had a sack. Right, guys? Brees Hall, killing it. Max Mitchell, even. Clements. I mean, all these guys that grab it, and you go back to last year, AVT, you know, Zach Wilson. So, I mean, we have a lot of young players who are the ones who are playing well for us right now. That's why this is even more exciting for Jet fans. Is It's not like, you know, it's a team just scraping by with a bunch of vets. We have a young team. And it's these young guys that are out there making plays. Every pick we've had this year um, is playing pretty well. Last year's picks played pretty well. I think they're going to play well this weekend also. Um, I think I could see this game be 24-17. Score doesn't really matter. I just think that they're going to figure out a way to grind a W out here. I think Zach's going to be a little bit more efficient with the ball. And he, if this kid could ever just lock down the touch passes from seven or eight yards and in if he becomes adept at that it seemed like last week when he had to push the ball downfield besides that the, the first interception was a bad pass and a bad read by zach i think it was about 175 attempts or something with no interceptions from him last year going into this year so i mean he had a long run there with no interceptions the second one i don't think was really his fault man i think there's a lot of ways to exploit this defense which has not played well and i really like our chances this weekend guys I really, really do. Boys, I think we're gonna come over the W and be boys, three and two. Boys, three and two. You, boys, do you smell that? It 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 smells like a fish fry. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, you might you might be asked to whip up some of those um those wings also for this weekend. I told Fox that you want to do a wing battle. He made his wings last week. I know he doesn't listen to the show, so I can put his wings on blast. <laughs> they were okay last time. They were better the first week. And I told him you make some great wings, so I'm expecting you to whip some up, bring them this All Sunday. Right. I think it's going to be a great game, Mike. I think we covered everything for this week, right, Mike? Yes, we did, sir. All right, guys. You saw it scrolling on the bottom there, but if anyone does want to get at us or support us in any way, shape, or form, where can they do that, Mike? On Facebook, we're at abg.jetsradio. On Twitter, at abg underscore myj podcast. And on Instagram, at jet.aebg. You heard the man on behalf of the biggest Jet fan in the state of Texas, Michael Agaris. On behalf of the greatest tight end on the planet, the big Wookiee Nick Kronk. On behalf of the greatest high school football coach of the nation today, Sammy O'Hare. My name's Keith Farrell. Get at you next week, everybody. Peace out.